Um, and uh, thank you for passing those out, girls. Um, and, and so did you know, all right, if, you, if you have your penny, we're going to refer to it um, at the end as well. We just kind of have it close by. But did you know a little uh, background about the, uh, about the penny? Um, it goes back over 1,200 years ago. All right? um, as the first pennies were made way back in 790 A.D., and no, to my students who, who, if they were here, they'd say, were you, were you living back then? They would say the same. You know, uh, the word penny and its variations across Europe include the German um, Pfennig, P-F-E-N-N-I-G. I never took German class, so I don't know. And the Swedish called it penning, uh, which is kind of interesting. Originally denoted any sort of coin or money, uh, not just a small denomination. In fact, Great Britain is the only country to have a denomination that is officially called the penny. All right. Um, in the United States, we have this, okay, our one-cent coins, largely because our one-cent coin was inspired by the British penny. However, the one-cent coin, is the official name of it is cent, okay? All right. Um, and so uh, we endear, endearingly still call them pennies today. Over 300 billion one-cent coins with 11 different designs have been minted since 1787. Right. It's a little bit of information about the penny. Before we move on, someone in the church that will go unnamed, Mr. Tommy, um, <laughs> said, said, said uh, Patrick, brother, why can't we have like a dollar uh, uh, sermon, okay, rather than a penny? But uh, he said he was rich today. You know I had to uh, put it back on you. But uh, I gave you the background information. If you've seen the title of the sermon, you know why we did that, okay? Have you ever heard of the idiom, penny for your thoughts? Anyone ever heard the idiom? Okay, all right. Uh, it simply means, to, it's used to ask what someone is thinking about. Okay, what are you thinking about? Um, and last week, we looked at the idea of having a secure mind by right praying. Right praying. Okay? And then we're going into today and some of next week, right thinking. Also going to have a little bit next week on, on right living. Okay, so we're talking about the secure mind, uh, right praying right thinking and right living. Today we'll look at uh, the first four things that Paul encourages the Philippians to think about. Um, and, and, you know, what do you think about? Like, what's really on your mind today? If, I were to, if we could really get a penny for your thoughts and each one tell us what's on your mind, I imagine there'll be all sorts of different answers, right? Uh, anything from, um, you know, uh, worrying about something important to maybe... Uh, something that's just kind of mindless and not important at the time, or uh, maybe you battle thoughts of unworthiness or, uh, uh, or impure thoughts, or uh, you're thinking about the roast that you have going or whatever it may be. You know, I don't know what, what could be on your mind uh, getting you know, ready for the storm that's, a, that's about that may be hitting. So, um, or you could be like I saw this past week, I saw a, a quote that a lot of people, when they come to church, they mind the clothes and they close their minds. Ooh, okay, that's just, could be that. Could be that we just don't have anything on our mind. I'm just kind of shutting down while Patrick uh, preaches. He doesn't have anything to say anyway. Uh, I hope that's not your, your thought as you come to church. But we all ha- we're all thinking about something. And so we're going to take a deep dive looking at our own thoughts. And simply put, our little main statement that I like to have, um, bold printed in my, in my notes, is this. As Christians, we should simply think about what we think about, okay? Think about our thought life, okay? So if you'll read with me, I'm going to, it's because it's been a couple weeks, I want to go back and kind of reread the first few verses in Philippians 4, 
Uh, now we're fo- we're going to focus on verse eight, but I just want to go kind of go back a little bit, uh, uh, kind of for those who may have not been here. Um, and so I'm reading from Philippians chapter four, starting in verse one. It says so then, my dearly loved and longed for brothers and sisters, my joy and crown, in this manner stand firm in the Lord, dear friends. I urge Euodia and I urge Sintici to agree in the Lord. It's had some type of disagreement. Really don't know what was going on there. Remember we said that those are actually really good saints. You know, that even people who uh, do have a strong relationship with Christ can still disagree on things sometimes. Okay, uh, Yet, verse 3, Yes, I also ask you, true partner, to help these women who have contended for the gospel at my side, along with Clement and the rest of my co-workers whose names are in the book of life. Verse 4 is one we spent a couple weeks on. Remember, Paul is, is in prison at the time, writing to the book of, uh, writing to the, uh, the church of Philippi. And he says, verse 4, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your graciousness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. Don't worry about anything, but in everything, through prayer and petition and thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds of Christ Jesus. And we looked at that last week. Verse 8, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any moral excellence and if there is anything praiseworthy, dwell on these things. Do what you have learned and received and heard from me and seen in me, and the God of peace will be with you. And may God bless the reading of his word. And so um, Paul tells us to think about eight particular things. But what I, what I want to do is, before we look at those eight things, we're going to look at four today and four next week, okay? I want to look at the idea of think or dwell, all right? And I want to focus on that for a few minutes. And what does that mean? Before we can look at, we think or dwell on those four things, we need to look at what think and dwell means, okay? Uh, and so, and you're going to be like, well, Pastor, it just means to think. Yeah, it does, but there's, it's more to it. Like more to it, okay? And so um, let's look at that right now. And so bear with me as we do a little word study. Y'all know I kind of, uh, quote, unquote, we're, uh, we're, Alex isn't here today. I geek out about this stuff. I think Alex likes that word. I kind of geek out about some of the words and the Greek words sometimes. And so the Greek word uh, used to, uh, for the word think or dwell, might be in your version dwell, okay, um, is logizomai. It's L-O-G-I-Z-O-M-A-I. And that's a cool-sounding word, okay? So, so let's do it again. Logizomai. Can y'all say that with me? Logizomai. All right? It's a, it's a cool-sounding word, all right? And you say it, it makes you feel like you're, like, really smart. So I kind of need that sometimes, Mr. Lord. All right? Um, but logizomai means to, is several, several definitions, okay? Several meanings. To take an inventory, estimate, literally or figuratively, conclude, and take an account of, um, esteem, impute, lay, number, reason, reckon, suppose, think on. There's all sorts of, of meanings here. But there are basically three verbs that relate to this Greek word, word uh, and they are, I'm breaking all that down into something kind of simple, and boy, I'm telling you, the, the, our little mythical, made-up uh, Baptist Minister Association is once again going to be proud of me today with my alliterations, okay? All right? That's, you got to have that. It's in, like, some bylaw somewhere, okay? Uh, some made-up thing. But uh, the three words, the three verbs that relate to this Greek word, logizomai, all right, is to count, to credit, and to consider. Okay? And I think if you really think about those three words, they're, obviously they're similar, but there are some differences, slight differences that I want to kind of bring out. And then as we go through those four words, 
uh, we're going to kind of remember to count, to credit, and to consider those words. Okay. All right. So uh, to count, and I'm gonna what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna give you a few verses where the word uh, logizomai is used to mean each one. Okay. Just a couple verses. Um, you can flip to it if you want to me or want to, or you can just kind of trust that I'm saying the right reference. Okay. I, I'm pretty sure I got it. Okay. Uh, and so the first one, the word count. You see in a couple places, uh, Luke 22, verse 37. Sorry about that, guys. Um, For I tell you, what is written must be fulfilled in me, and he was counted among the lawless. And then Romans 2, 26 says, So if an uncircumcised man keeps the law's requirements, will not his uncircumcision be counted as circumcision? Um, and then 2 Corinthians five nineteen. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against him. Okay, and he was has committed a message of reconciliation to us. So there's several couple verses there um, that go with the idea of counting, and this idea is one of numbering among. Does that make sense? Okay, just kind of give me a nod of the head because it's important we kind of get this before we move on. Okay, so numbering among the word deals with reality. Okay, so if I if I may use the word, if I logizomai. Uh, or reckon that my bank account has $250 in it, then it has $250 in it, okay? Uh, or, in other words, um, otherwise, I am deceiving myself, all right? The word refers to facts, not suppositions, okay? I'm, I consider, I count among it, okay, to count. So in relation to what we think about as Christians, these things should identify us. All right, we should be counted among. Is that, that kind of, you see the relationship there? Okay, so it should identify us. Okay, people should see these things in our lives. All right, okay, got it. Number two, credit, the word credit. Okay, again, logizomai can also mean credit. Uh, it's, it's used in that way in Romans 4, verses 3 through 6, and it reads like this. For what does the Scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him for righteousness. Okay, now, I'm not going to read the rest of that because it says, it's going to say it again. His faith is credited for righteousness. All right, I'm not going to read the rest of it, but it's in there, Romans 4, 3 through 6. Romans 4, 22 through 24. Again, he's referring to Abraham. Therefore, it was credited to him for righteousness. Okay, again, logizomai. All right, now, it was credited to him, was not written for Abraham alone, but also for us. It will be credited or logizomized to us who believe in him, who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead. And also Galatians 3, 6, it has the same uh, reference to Abraham, uh, just like Abraham believed God and it was credited to him for righteousness. Okay, all right, so thumbs up on credit. Okay, now, um, this means, this word for thinking means to add to an account, okay, uh, to get credit for it, as opposed to, what, a debit in accounting terms? Okay, all right, uh, to impute in connection to our thoughts, this has, the, has to do with the idea that our thoughts are, and this is a really good word. I wish Miss Lowe was here to hear me. All right. Incentivized. Incentivized. Okay. You get something for it. Okay. You get credit for it. Uh, there's a reason why uh, we should have the thoughts that we have. And any teachers here will tell you, if you don't give credit for it, what's going to happen, students? Probably not going to do it, Right. Not going to do it. I see my, my niece is there, and uh, Jasmine's not, not going to end. And, yeah, uh-huh, you're scared to, but I know you want to. All right. Uh, you're just like, yeah, oh, it's not for credit? Ah, oh, no, I'm not going to do it. Now, if it's extra credit now, well, yeah, I'll do extra credit. Okay. Uh, but anyway, um, and so incentivize. All right, so you have, uh, it should identify us. 
and it, our thoughts are incentivized. And then thirdly, okay, again, we have count, credit, and now consider. Consider. And this is just the main, like the, what we really think of when we say think. All right, we consider. We, we, we dwell on it, okay? All right, so this is the, like the bread and butter definition of it, all right? Uh, and so uh, in John 11, verse 50, it says, You're not considering, you're not thinking that it is to your advantage that one man should die for the people rather than the whole nation perish. Right? Or Romans 6.11, So you too consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Think of yourself. Okay, Logizomai. Again, the three different ways it's being used. This is the third way. Romans 8.18, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is going to be revealed to us. Amen? Powerful statement. But again, I think that the sufferings of this present time. Or 2 Corinthians 11.5, Now I consider myself in no way inferior to those super apostles. Paul said, I think of myself not inferior. And there's others there, but I think hopefully you got it. Okay? And so uh, this means to think slash dwell. To reckon it is so in my mind. I will consider it. Okay? So thumbs up on that. I hope I didn't geek out too much and bore you. Okay? But... um, uh, it was important to me to kind of uh, to to get those th- three things there. Okay, so um, so for each of these words that we're about to look at, we'll look to identify, incentivize, and that last one to intellectualize. Okay, to think. All right. So again, uh, man, the Baptist uh, Minister Association is going to be very very excited because I'm going to take it even further, and so to give you another Baptist sponsor alliteration and say these qualities should be marks of us. They should matter matter to us, and they should be on our mind. Okay, so that's how we're going to look at it. That's the way we'll, we will refer to it for the rest of the sermon. Okay, uh, They should be true about us as Christians. We should realize that there's credit for having them in our lives, and we should really look to consider or think about them. So, um, And before we do, I'm going to go to just take a side road for just a moment. Uh, the, the question is why. So why will we do these things? Well, uh, read with me, or you can listen to Romans 12, verse 2, something that probably many of you have memorized. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Amen? All right. And also, 2 Corinthians 10, 5 says, We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. So I want to read what are a couple of reasons why we're looking at this today. All right. Our hope should be to be transformed as Christians. All right? And to take every thought and make it obedient to Christ. So those are, those are kind of the, the goals for us as we look at it this week and next week. So again, as Christians, we should think about our thought life. So let's look in uh, Philippians 4, verse 8. And we're not going to go back and read it every time. Okay, because this is, you can see it in your, in your Bible. Uh, we're going to go through and, and I'll pick through the first four, okay, and talk a little bit about each one. Okay? And as you have your penny, you still have your penny, right? Okay, all right, I want you to be just thinking about it, all right? And, and, and um, which, as we go through, I want you to think about which of these four today are, is one that maybe I, I need to do more thinking about, okay? Uh, I need to do more logizomai with, okay? All right, uh, and so that's what I want you to be thinking about as we go through today. So the first word is what? This is the audience participation. What, should, what does Paul tell the Philippians? What, what's the first thing he tells us we should think about? Things that are true. Things that are true. Um, and, um, you know, this past, uh, I guess it was, I don't know when it was now, but I guess it wasn't, this wasn't last spring, but the spring before, uh, we went to Impact at Burnham Christian Church. It's a 
flag football thing that they've done for years. And uh, we actually went went to this. And, and Bailey, do you remember which word you had on your back? <laughs> you don't remember? Okay. <laughs> um, uh, it was okay. All right. Um, Brave. Brave. All right. Um, I can't remember, but um, we all had words. We we did. We as we built up to go into Orlando, uh, we had these words in the back of our jerseys, and each person would have a different word. And I and that's okay. I can't remember which one mine was either. All right. Um, what was that? Yours was right. Okay. All right. I can't remember what mine was. Um, I'm sure it was pure, though. I'm just playing. I don't know. All right. <laughs> but uh, it might have been praiseworthy. I'm not sure. But anyway, um, we're going to break one, eat, break each of these down. But I think, you know, some we're not going to spend as much time as others. Okay. Some words are just kind of like it means what it means, and it's hard to really go very deep with it. Um, but, guys, do you, the word true um, means true, trustworthy, to just simply tell the truth. That's what it means. Okay, um, do y'all remember when the phenomenon of fake news hit a few years ago? Well, did not did that not sound like an oxymoron to y'all? Am I the only one? How can news be fake? I don't get it. I, you know, I'm like I, I I'm like the you know the uh, not so smart student who's like, I don't get it. You know, I don't. Uh, but um, you know, when we think of oxymoron. You know what oxymoron is, right? Two words together that seem to have different meanings, like act act naturally. Right, uh, alone together. Right, I don't you know or um, bittersweet. The next one is definitely me. Clearly confused. That's me most of the time. Um, or deafening silence. You know, I mean these are oxymorons. And so I felt like, man, the fake news—that's oxymoron. How can it be? You know, like what happened to just real, authentic, just news? Um, there was a time whenever we could get true information. Remember. Um, we could believe it. The wool wasn't being pulled over our eyes. It wasn't being sl- it, it, the news wasn't being slanted in one direction or, or the other. Right? Whichever, whichever party you know, you, you're on uh, or whatever. Um, and, and uh, you know, Walter Cronkite, right? Walter Cronkite. A little bit before my time, but I still remember him because I, I was a little boy. Uh, he was a news anchor for CBS News for 19 years. And uh, millions, millions of viewers every night. His famous tagline was, anybody remember? That's the way it is. Simply put, that's the way it is. And, and I read where they wanted him to kind of change that. You know, the, his producers wanted him to change his, his tagline. And he was like, nope, it's going to be what it is. That's the way it is. That's the, <laughs> that's the, that's the way it's going to be, you know. Uh, and so you believe, but you believed him. He came across as very honest and sincere, did he not? Like you, you trust them. You, you, there wasn't anything called fake news. It was, it was true. Um, and what about like even like movies? And, and, and they're good. I love movies, man. I, I, movies are very entertaining. But movies like Inception kind of blur the line of reality. If you've never seen that, it's a good movie. But it also kind of blurs the line of what's reality, what's truth. Um, but you know, um, it may be good entertainment, but it's bad theology. Right, John fourteen six says, "I am the way, the truth, and the life. You can know Jesus Christ, the way, the truth, and the life." In John eight thirty two, you shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. There is truth. John seventeen seventeen says, "Your word is truth. Be sanctified by it." Okay? that's when Jesus was praying for us right? before He left Earth. He says those things. So again, we want we are going to mark to make it matter and put it in our mind. So. This is where we look at ourselves, and we take our penny, all right? And while we're looking at the penny, we're looking at ourselves, all right? And just kind of ask yourself, are, does this mark me? Does truth mark me as a Christian? Okay? 
in my walk with Christ? Are you identified with it? Or, or are you fake? And again, this preached to me first. Are you what they call a hypocrite? You know, do, do you know where that came from, by the way? It comes from the, word, the Greek word hypocrisy, all right, which actually uh, simply means an actor or a stage player. It, 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 was, it was described those people who acted on stage and wore masks. That's where the word comes from. Okay? And so um, is, is, that, is that us? All right? Or are you a real per- person? Now, be careful here uh, because we all sin. Amen? All right? And this church, any church, should be a place where it's okay to not be okay. All right, um, and and so I, I read the story uh, uh, that says um, Jim Corley met his friend Alex at the dealership at a car dealership where Alex worked, and Jim, um, he says, "Jim, I, I feel like a hypocrite every time I go to church because I I fail to live for Christ so often." And Alex, uh, and then Jim says, "Alex, what do you call this part of the dealership?" Jim asks, uh, nodding to the area outside his cubicle. "You mean the showroom?" Yes, and, and what's behind the showroom past the parts counter? Well, the service department is there, Alex said confidently. Well, what if I told you I didn't want to bring my car to the service department because it was running rough? I didn't want to bring it. Well, um, Jim asked that, and he said, uh, that would be crazy. That's the whole point of service departments, to fix cars that aren't running right. You're absolutely right, Jim replied. Now, let's get back to our initial conversation. Instead of thinking of church as a showroom where image is everything, start thinking of it as God's service department. Helping people get back and running order with God is what the church is all about. Amen? So do have to be careful with that because at some point in our lives we're all hypocrites. All right? But, or maybe it's just me, I got to do a better job of waiting for the amen. Right, brother? I, 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 I go too fast sometimes. But have you ever met someone who was just genuine, just a real deal, no fluff? You know, like, we, and, and the thing is we really want people to tell us the truth, Right? I mean, people lie to us um, all the time. I mean, look at the filters on Instagram and Snapchat, right, nieces? All right, and other teenagers, all right? The filters aren't, I mean, they have these, you don't know what I'm talking about. They, on these Instagram and Snapchat uh, sites or, or apps, you can take a picture and then change that picture to look like anything you want it to look like. So it's not really you. You know, you can, you can make it look all sorts. That's what a filter is, by the way. A lot of filters out there in the, in the world, amen? Um, and, and so truth, uh, so, so it should mark us, and then it should matter to us. We should be honest and truthful in our dealings with other people as Christians. It should mark us, okay? and it should matter. It should mean something to us as we know that the truth sets us free. And we should tell the truth because it's the right thing to do. It should matter to us as Christians. Amen? All right? Um, and, and, and we need to be thinking on this idea of truth on our minds. It should be on our minds and realize that the Word of God is truth. Others are not 100%, and they'll trick you, and they'll get you, they'll hook you in. But God's Word is truth, 100%. Okay? Um, and protect ourselves. We need to protect ourselves against falsehoods. And the only way you're going to do that is by getting in the Word of God okay? and reading it and knowing what's truth and what's not. I mean, even look at Jesus, how he was tempted by, by Satan. Satan would use a little bit of Scripture, right? but he's twisting a little bit, and he's using it for the wrong purposes and the wrong out of context and all, but he did it. You can find that in, in uh, Matthew chapter 4, gave verses 5 through 7. So as Christians, we should think about our thought life. So the first one was true. All right? Okay, everybody have your penny. The second one is what? What's the word? Honorable. King James Version says honest. Okay, honest, honorable. This means simply worthy of respect or dignified. Worthy of respect or dignified. Uh, Winston Churchill, 
I think about Winston Churchill. I don't know, uh, I mean, a great deal about the guy. I've never done a big study about him. But I can tell you that my papa, who was in World War II, right, had the utmost respect for Winston Churchill. He, when he talked about Winston Churchill, it was with more respect than anybody else he talked about. Okay? Patton, maybe a little bit under, under him, but Winston Churchill. When, when, he, when he, um, uh, he, had the, he had the guard on one time. Okay, at a kind of a secret type meeting, right, the Allied leaders and he and my papa was one of the lead, one of the people who was uh, entrusted to guard him, and it, he took that very seriously. All right, and and so uh, and I, I read the story about Winston Churchill. It's kind of funny, but um, it, it still kind of goes with it. it. Says Winston Churchill, he exemplified integrity and respect in the face of opposition during his last year of office. So this is after the war. He attended an official ceremony. Well, two gentlemen were seated several rows behind him, began whispering. And that's Winston Churchill. Man, they say he's getting senile. Uh, they say he should step aside and leave the running of the nation to more dynamic and capable men. Well, when the ceremony was over, Churchill turned to the men and said, Gentlemen, they also say he's death. All right? All right. <laughs> so anyway, um, but, you know, the whole idea, and I hear this from students a lot, um, and, and, and it's different. It's different than, than when, the, when most of us in the room, uh, as older folks, grew up. All right? We respect the teachers because our, our parents told us we'd better respect them. All right? And I knew if I was going to do something stupid, then I, then I won't get a, uh, my butt torn up at school and at the house. You know? and, uh, but now things have changed a little bit. It's changed. I'm sorry about that. Miss um, Rhonda told me the other day I needed one of those little headpieces because I, I move so much. That's, I think you're right. That I always hit it. So I, I apologize. Um, but it's kind of changed a little bit. And what I hear from students over the years are, like, uh, years is this, like, to, you know, if a teacher wants my respect, they got to give it to me. Right? Uh, uh, and I see the look on the, on the faces that I think that's the case. I mean, uh, it's more than one student has told me that. But there is a little bit of to defend the teenagers, I don't want to slam them because I, I love them. Um, they are blamed for an awful lot of bad things that they have no, they no, like, it's not all their fault, okay? It's really not, all right? But we blame them for a lot, okay? Uh, and whether you want to believe it or not, that's the truth, okay? Uh, but, um, uh, and so, but I hear that. To, to get respect, you got to give it. Um, but again, with the idea of being worthy of respect and dignified, I think that comes with when you give your life to Christ, you know, that should represent you and, and, and you, there should be a change in your life. Um, in, in Madagascar, it, it, there was someone who was talking about the, the converts of the island of Madagascar. Um, it says when they would use to present themselves for baptism, it was often asked for them, what first led you to think of becoming a Christian? And the answer usually was that the changed conduct of others who had become Christians was what first arrested their attention, which is pretty powerful. It said, um, I knew this man to be a thief. That one was a drunkard. Another was very cruel and unkind to his family. Now they are all changed. The thief is an honest man. The drunkard is sober, sober and respectful, and the other is gentle and kind in his home. There must be something in a religion that can work such changes. All right? And that should be us as well. So it should mark it should mark us as Christians to be honorable, to be respectful. It should also matter to us in everything we do. And it should be on our mind. We should think about that. Because listen, be we should be dignified. Remember, you're a child of the king. Amen. You're a child of the king. Uh, read if you'll listen to me, I'll read first John chapter three, verses one through two. See what kind of love the Father has given to us that we should be called children of God.
And so we are. The reason why the, Lord, why the world does not know us is that it did not know Him. Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will, we will be has not yet appeared. But we know that when He appears, we shall be like Him because we shall see Him as He is. So carry yourself that way. Respect yourself first. All right? Know who you are and whose you are. Amen? Amen. All right? Know those things. Very, very important. I used to tell, you know, and I love, I love teaching and, and, you know, um, and, and trying to have an impact on students. But I would, for 20-some-odd years, 22 years, 23 years now, um, I, I would have a, uh, a little talk at the end, of the end of the year. And I would tell the boys to close their ears. You know, and I would say, guys, you should do this right here because it's not going to be good for you. You know, and I would tell the girls, you know, that, that to, to never settle for anything less but the best when it comes to dating. You know, all right, that you are a child of the king, and by golly, he better treat you that way. All right, and, 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 I, and, I, say, and I would say, all right, guys, you can, you can do like this now. All right, and I would talk to them a little bit too, but it was important to, you know, that, the, that I tell those girls, don't settle. Don't settle. You're a child of the king. All right. And as Christians, we should think about our thought life. Amen. Think about our thought life. The third one is just, just. And I only have a, a few minutes, so, uh, but, but I think we're good. Uh, just simply means righteous or just, to give justice to. Okay? Uh, and again, justice should mark us as Christians. People should see that we treat people fairly, that, that we don't play favorites, and that we try to do what's right in our lives. Okay, righteousness and justice. We should teach our kids right from wrong. Amen? All right, although our kids sometimes get it twisted. I, I read about um, this, this lady named Crystal, Crystal Erica uh, Danko is her name. has a long name there. She says, I was trying to teach my children why stealing is bad. Our four-year-old asked, what happens if you steal? And his big brother answers, if you steal, you'll end up in college for a long time. <laughs> he may have meant jail, but I'm sure my youngest son now has a fear of higher education. Um, or Amanda Perkins says, my little cousin put perfume in the fish tank and her mom asked her to apologize to the fish and she looked at her mom puzzled and says, but mommy, I don't speak fish. Right, anyway, but, and so we have, we have uh, you know, we want, but we should treat right from wrong and it should matter to us. Justice should matter to us as Christians and when we see injustice, we should say something about it and we should uh, have something to say and not be scared of that but because Justice should be important to us. And we, it should be on our minds. We should think about our obedience to God, of, of wanting to live to please Him uh, and live a righteous life. And we should think of justice as well and make sure we're, we really are treating all people, regardless of their lot in life or their color or anything like that, uh, with kindness and fairness. Amen? And so as we, we get to the last one, all right, the last word is, do y'all get it? The fourth one? pure whatever is pure and we could probably spend more time but uh, on this one uh, during this uh, day and age but it simply means pure or innocent okay um, and and I was surprised when I actually did some research on this because when you see stuff on the TV and all you know and, and just all the the lewd remarks and the scantily clad women selling hamburgers again I have no idea why uh, never mind. That's just it. Still blows my mind that Hardy's had a scantily clad woman selling hamburgers. I, I, I still don't get that. But anyway, um, and, you know the whole idea of skin and all that. But it was interesting to see that numbers actually showed a trend away from sexual promiscuity over the years from 1991 to 2015. All right, you might be surprised by that, but it did. All right, um, 
And the white dress. I, I read a whole couple articles about the white dress. All right? It's supposed to symbolize purity, right? Uh, Queen Victoria kind of brought that along. Really, it was more like a, you know, uh, kind of another thing there. But that's when it kind of came to be because before then it wasn't white. It was whatever. It was their Sunday best. Okay. Um, but, you know, peers at times are changing now and, and that maybe it doesn't really symbolize purity anymore. You know, um, and that's okay. All right. Because there are, you know, there's definitely people, like I said, we all mess up. Uh, but my whole point is that, uh, you know, it should mark us. And, and it should matter to us. It should be important. We should strive to live pure and innocent lives. And we should guard against that in our minds. Guard against impure thoughts. And it's tough because of what the media throws at you nowadays, right? So be innocent in your thought life. As Christians, we should think about our thought life. And as, as we close today, um, just re, uh, from Psalm 139, verse 23, I want to read this to you. It says, uh, Paul says this, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any wicked way in me. All right? And so my hope today is that you've done that. And if you haven't already, you take another look at your, pen, at your penny um, and, and you ask God to examine your heart. Okay? And keep this as a reminder. Logizomai. Y'all remember the word? Logizomai. All right? And logizomai, uh, the ideas of true, honorable, just, and pure. All right, and think what can I what can I do? Like which of those is really an area that I that I could use some improvement in? Okay, so I want to encourage you to do that. And if you if you don't have a relationship with with Jesus Christ, well, it's it's near about impossible to think about these those things consistently, all right? Because you don't have a relationship with Christ, um, and it's hard enough for those of us who are saved. Amen. Okay? and so uh, but if you want a renewed mind, come to Jesus because. He's perfect. Uh, Hebrews 7, verses 26 through 28 says this, For this is a kind of high priest we need, holy, innocent, undefiled, separated from sinners, and exalted above the heavens. He doesn't need to offer sacrifices every day as high priests do, first for their own sins, then for those of the people. He did this once for all time when he offered himself, Jesus Christ, because he was perfect. For the law appoints as high priests men who are weak, but the promise of the oath which came after law appoints a son, Jesus Christ, who has been perfected forever. So God required a, a perfect sacrifice that we could never, we could never give. And ask Mr. Lord to come. God required a perfect sacrifice. And as good as we, we think may, we may be, uh, maybe as good as Mother Teresa, even she wasn't perfect enough because she wasn't perfect. Right? We had to have somebody to stand in our place, and that, that person was Jesus Christ, but he was perfect. He was perfect. So if you, um, and if you want to have a, relation, have a home in heaven, it's a matter of just knowing that Jesus is God's son, that he died on a cross for your sins, that he rose from the grave. Right? And just try and just commit your life to, to him. We're going to mess up, uh, but believe in that Jesus is God's son. Right? God raised him from the dead. The Bible says we'll be saved. So if you want to make that decision today, I encourage you to do so. The altar is open. Come talk to me. And keep the penny. All right. Sorry, brother, that wasn't a dollar all right, or more. All right. But keep it. And uh, we're going to look at four more next week. And then we're going to look at right living next week. So um, Miss Sally's going to come and lead us in a song. If you give me a dollar, I'll give you a hundred dollars.